your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by the lovely folks over at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, on Facebook at Locked On Hurricanes Podcast, and you can find myself on Twitter and Locker Room at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And in today's episode, I am joined by ESPN Radio 99.9 The Fan, uh, Adam Gold Show producer, and host of the Hurricanes uh, pre- and post-game shows, Storm Watch and Aftermath, Alec Campbell. Uh, so enjoy this interview, folks. Hey there, Kaniacs. I am joined by 99.9 The Fan producer, host of the Stormwatch, the Aftermath, a man of many hats, Alec Campbell. How are you doing this afternoon, Alec? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been storming here all day in Goldsboro, so. <laughs> yeah, here too, man. It's a... Uh... I'm happy about it, though. I need my, my lawn to be watered. Yeah, for real. I feel that. Um, but last night, you know, jumping right on into things, uh, obviously, I know people who were, uh, you know, listening to the broadcast, they obviously, you know, heard your thoughts, you know, following the game and all that. But for those that didn't hear all that stuff, what were your quick thoughts about game two? Um, I mean, I kind of – my thoughts on it are kind of echoed what, Brenda Moore said after the game, just in terms of the game play. I mean, I even wrote down at one point, like, I don't think Brenda Moore is going to be all that upset with mm-hmm. what he saw tonight. But I think there are a couple of different ways to go from there. So, I mean, Carolina obviously had their chances. Had they scored, had they capitalized uh, on a couple of them, you know, the game's different. I mean, I think back to the two on one shorthanded in the second period that Nate just couldn't get to go, you know, that felt like the symbol of the night for me, which was, you know, here's this gift Vasilevsky on the ground flailing about wide open net and you can't figure out a way to score. And that was just kind of a microcosm of really the first two games, I think of this series where Vasilevsky has been really hard to beat. And when you get those opportunities, you really can't let them go by the wayside. But then I started thinking like, okay, maybe it looks more competitive than it is because Tampa is sort of content to allow Carolina to play the way they're playing it. Like it almost kind of felt like in the end that Carol, that Tampa was really controlling the game mm-hmm. that they, they had sort of baited Carolina a little bit and that the game was going just the way they wanted it to go. So maybe that's, maybe that's a retrospective observation, yeah. but 
I mean, there, there's, you know, people talk about playing the, the good road game, right? Which to me in turn, you know, basically means you're a little bit conservative. You pick and choose. Your focus is more on keeping them off the board than it is you getting on the board. And I mean, that's kind of how the first two games went. I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think Tampa, I don't think they've shown us their, their full offensive arsenal through two games. Um, and then the other thing is just, I mean, we can keep talking about how well Carolina played until we're blue in the face, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's the playoffs. I mean, yeah. we can't really, we can't really have those conversations anymore. Like those things I think are primarily for the regular season where we can look at stuff and we can find positives. And, you know, I mean, we can still find positives obviously, but in the end, I mean, it's you're done. I mean, you're going to be done if you keep losing. So um, none of that stuff matters. I mean, and you know, so, so on one hand, I don't quibble with the way Rod described it. And, you know, I don't think they were that, I don't think they were terrible. In fact, I thought both teams were kind of sloppy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I agree. Uh, I thought Tampa was a little sloppy too. I mean, especially with some so, passes. So I think it was, you know, I think it was competitive. I think both games have been competitive. I thought last night it was competitive, but they got lucky on one. In fact, they've, I guess they've got luck. They've gotten lucky on two of them. If you go back to the, the game winner in game one on Ned, the mm-hmm. Killorn goal last night, I thought was pretty fortunate. Um, but I mean, Carolina just needs to find a way to get some of those pucks in the net. And until they do that, I mean, nothing else really matters. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, Jason Hernandez, the host of our Locked On Anaheim Duck show, he actually had a decent question leading into what I was going to ask you next. Uh, he said, with the Canes not scoring any even strength goals in the first two games, do they need to make any significant line changes at this point? I I could see them maybe putting the SAT line together um, just to kind of load that up, um, mm-hmm. especially now with Trocek Niederreiter being out for the rest of the series. Well, Trocek, we don't know yet, but um, yeah. I could see that happening, but I could also see them not changing much at all because that's kind of been the story of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. Um, you know, you go on the road and you don't have last change anymore. So maybe maybe it's a benefit on the road. Maybe it's a maybe it's something you'd rather do on the road than at home. Um, I don't know. And now you're down 0-2. I, I could see that happening. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't disagree that that could happen. But I don't know how many how many changes there are at this point that are going to be significant. Yeah. Other than that one, with both Trocheck and Niederreiter out of the lineup, I mean, I think, I think you may have to bump Steven Lorenz up to play third line center. Stahl goes up to play second line center. Um, I, I could see Cedric Paquette playing center on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I mean, that, that's a position we really haven't seen him play a ton as a Hurricane. That was kind of the reason he was brought over here. And it never really materialized. Like one of the things that I thought was going to be good about having him here was just the fact that you had four legit NHL lines that you could roll mm-hmm. out there, you know, and you could put uh, Cedric Paquette on your fourth line at center instead of uh, a Morgan Geeky or whoever else you might throw out there. Um, and that never really materialized. But at this point, I mean, 
you know, if Trochek can't go, and I'm just going to operate now on the assumption that he can't go. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I don't yeah. think he's going to, uh, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, he tried to go last night after he got hurt, didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, Rod didn't really have much of an update on that this morning. So I don't know, man. The only, the only major one I could see is, is, is probably getting that TSA line back together. Um, but you know, the other thing too, is the special teams I think have been, but they've been kind of a go-to for Carolina mm-hmm. throughout the regular season too. So their five on five, even strength stuff, I don't think was ever really a huge strength for them this year, just, you know, mainly because of all the injuries they had to deal with. Um, so I'm not necessarily at a place where I think, Oh, that's suddenly going to get better again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the power play and the special teams are, are going to be a big deal. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, I think a lot of people felt the same way about Paquette whenever he came in. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, we got, you know, good four NHL lines. Uh, one thing I was talking about with uh, Andrew from Kane's country earlier today was the potential of seeing Jake Gardner get back in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see that potentially maybe happening? Maybe not. I think that one's kind of up in the air a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the question we have to ask ourselves with all these things is what, what what does he do better than the guys that are out there right now? And I'm just mm-hmm. not sure there's enough of an upgrade there. Like the thing about Jake Gardner at this point is if he's not going to give you any offense, I mean, he's an absolute liability defensively. Yeah. So if he's not, if he doesn't do anything offensively for you, then I don't know that there's a significant upgrade there to put him in. Um, you know, Jake Bean, I, I'm I'm hit or miss on right now, mm-hmm. but he he does have some offensive upside, and I think at the very least he can skate a little bit better than Jake Gardner can at this point. I mean, Gardner's just he's just can't skate anymore. I mean, that that back injury that he was dealing with, it's just it's a problem. So mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd feel very uncomfortable with Jake Bean and Yanni Hockenpah on your third pair, two guys who really don't skate very well. Mm-hmm. so i don't see that happening personally yeah. i just don't I, I think they'll they'll stick with what they've got um so i i and I, I mean the only the only person i can see drawn in tomorrow is maybe a geeky mm-hmm. yeah i don't see gardner frankly being in the hurricanes organization much longer um, no whether it be expansion draft or trading you know during the off season but Looking ahead to game three, what are some predictions that you have for that game? Um, guys you want to see, you know, step up to play other than the top guys, obviously. Summer is right around the corner, folks. So if you're going to get your project cars rolling, now's the time to do so. And what better place than to get all the parts you need than with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brands, 
specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com. Um, prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right now. And don't forget, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now you guys know me, you know I love the stonks, the memes, the rocket ships, and day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 adversary fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the real the real obvious ones just because they really haven't they haven't been much of a factor really i mean svechnikov finally scored last night but that was the second goal of the playoffs the first time he beat a goaltender the first the first goal he scored was an empty netter in game one against nashville so he really hadn't been all that effective from a point production standpoint you know sebastian aho and tevo teravainen um really haven't either i mean uh, aho's Ajo scored two goals in game six against Nashville, but he went, I think, pointless in both the first – he went pointless in the first game mm-hmm. against Tampa. Um, I don't think he had – he didn't have a point last night, right? Yeah. So, two two games now in a row, he and Taravainen – I think Taravainen's gone like five maybe at this point without a point. I saw earlier today where in all of Sebastian Ajo's goals this postseason, Tavo – or no, I think it was regular season. Regular season, um, no assists. Yeah, yeah, no assists on any of his goals. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah. that, and that was just crazy. Yeah, I know Tavo obviously missed. He missed. He missed so many games. Yeah, but yeah, even still, you know, not even one. That that was yeah. a pretty crazy stat when I saw that earlier today. Um, I definitely need to see those top guys step up, um, and because we cannot score just one goal and expect to beat Tampa Bay, the defending champs. Yeah. I'm actually a little surprised at the way it's, it's turned out that way where it's, mm. it's been sort of low scoring the first call. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be just because it's the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I think I had this picture in my head of, and again, I don't think we've seen Tampa's full arsenal of, of offense. And I'm not sure if that's a product of what Carolina's doing. I mean, obviously Carolina has not allowed very many chances. I mean, they had, 
15 shots on goal last night, Tampa did. Now, whether that's by design or not, I don't know. But I think I had this picture in my head of just, you know, two teams that were going to score a few goals. It was going to be a little more up and down. And I understand that Tampa has a physical side to them and they can play whatever basic – they can basically play whatever game you want to play against them. And actually, I think Carolina can too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's one thing I saw in the Tampa se- – or in the uh, Nashville series, I mean, Carolina really upped the – the physicality, the hitting. I think one game they had like 66 hits. That's so unca- uh, uncharacteristic. Yeah. Um, through the, the Dallas through, game during the regular season being like that too. Yeah. Throughout the, throughout the Nashville series. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they really had a lot of hits. So I think these teams are pretty similar for the most part. So I was kind of expecting a little more high scoring. I was kind of expecting it to play actually more into Carolina's hands. Like I think Nashville was a little more of an antidote to what Carolina does. And it was about who could establish their game first and for longer. And this series was more about two teams who do very similar things, who can do it better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've, I don't, I don't know that Tampa has really shown me that they've done it that much better. They've gotten more fortunate. Um, but they have the better goaltender and maybe they have a, maybe they have slightly a higher end or maybe that maybe it's experience that's kicking in a little bit in terms of what they're doing to Carolina. Cause you know, Carolina also doesn't get to the middle of the ice. They don't get to the, they don't get to the, to the, the top of the crease enough. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there is some template out there for defending Carolina in that way where they don't really force their way in there as much as you would like to see them do it, whether that's simply to get a scoring opportunity or whether that's to get guys in front of the net for a screen or whatever it is. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's a blueprint that teams are utilizing. Like, Hey, we're cool. If we just sit back here, kind of clog things up and pick and choose our spots for when we want to be offensive. And Tampa can turn it on and turn it up and get after it whenever they want. We've seen them be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's the case here. But the series has kind of turned out a little bit differently than I thought it was going to turn out. Yeah, actually, uh, whenever uh, myself and the host of Blocked on Lightning, whenever we were uh, previewing this series, uh, we both were, again, yeah, thinking these teams are very uh, similar and, you know, just – just about every aspect. Uh, Tampa obviously has a little bit more experience on us and the goaltending mm-hmm. situation, uh, but we actually both figured it'd be a bit of a low-scoring series. Um, maybe occasionally you'd have your uh, game that goes, you know, four or five goals, but at the end of the day, you have both teams, you're having such quality in net and such good defense. At the end of the day, that's going to stop some pucks as well. Uh, but I am surprised that, Carolina hasn't been able to get more than one goal in both games so far. That is pretty shocking um, just because of how good this offense is supposed to be. Um, so I'm definitely wanting to see those guys really step cool. it up. I mean, but there have been, there have been tons of times. I mean, I, I think to the first period last night mm-hmm. and you had at the very beginning of the game, Tavo walking in and whizzed one over the bar. Yeah. Uh, you had, Aho tried to fit one uh, near side high at one point and missed, missed the net. You know, 
you had a situation where Svechnikov fed, fed Stahl out front in the slot and the puck jumped his stick or something like that. Um, Cedric Paquette had one that was deflected by Mikhail Sergachev that went out of play. You know, obviously you had the, uh, you had the, the, the two on one shorthanded mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton hits a post. I mean, you have all these chances and so many of them have been just poor attempts. Yeah. I mean, you can't walk in on Vasilevsky and throw one over the bar. I mean, at least try to get a rebound out of it and a second chance or something like that. And that came from one of your best players. Mm -hmm. So it's just things like that have happened. I, I don't, I think they've been not as sharp as they could be. And so maybe it's a matter of simplifying a little bit more. You know, we've talked a lot over the last 24 hours or so, maybe, maybe less than that. I guess it's been, it hasn't even been 24 hours since the game ended. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked, I've talked to some people, you know, it's, it's been a lot more about, you know, just get behind the defense, dump and chase maybe a little bit more. Um, see if you can skate people and, and forecheck better mm-hmm. and, you know, simplify the game. A little bit because this team can tend to get a little bit too cute with the passing yeah. overpass here yeah. and there. Yeah. And maybe just make it more of a straight line type situation. Yeah. That's definitely a criticism I've had all season, not just the playoffs. Sometimes I feel they, you know, do one too many passes. Um, and it definitely gets frustrating when you see like you have this good shot right here but yet you elect to just pass it to this guy over here. <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely gets frustrating for sure. Um, and just a couple other listener questions as well. Um, Cole, he asks, you know, we spoke about the expansion draft a little bit a few minutes ago. He says, who do you think uh, Seattle takes in the expansion draft um, from Carolina? Well, I mean, it depends on who they make available. First and foremost, I mean, the one thing we mentioned, Jake Gardner and the thing about Jake Gardner is, you know, people forget this when we talk about trades or we talk about getting rid of people, you know, what are these other teams not seeing that we all see, you know, they have paid scouting departments (laughs) on Mm -hmm. these guys. So like, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to believe that, Ron Francis is just going to pick up Jake Gardner just because we don't want him. Yeah. You know, I, I agree there. Um, so I feel Jake, that's Bean. The, Jake Bean is one of them. If the hurricanes, you know, make him, I mean, I'm not, I can't remember what exactly the rules are on the expansion draft, but don't you just have to designate certain players that are eligible for the expansion draft? I believe that's how it goes. I know um, myself and Sam Prevett from Pucker Up Sports and Bleach Report, we were talking earlier in the week about this, um, and we do have to protect our free agents. So, like, Dougie will obviously get protected. Um, and so go, yeah. guys like that, we're going to have to protect. Yeah, um, there's a certain amount of guys you can protect and a certain amount of guys you can leave open yeah. to be picked up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, if Bean's one of those guys, I mean, he's a rotten – Francis draft pick mm-hmm. so that's exactly what I was thinking I, I think that that's a I think he's a great candidate I've I thought for a while that Bean was kind of ripe for a trade I was mm-hmm. actually 
I was actually a little surprised if it wasn't for um, the fact that he's a lefty. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I was actually a little surprised that he wasn't the guy moved at the deadline. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because I, I loved Hayden Flurry. It was more just because I think there's still some upside and mystery behind Jake Bean's game. Mm-hmm. And I don't like there, there's been a lot of just, just behind the scenes consternation over Bean's development in terms of like what he's actually going to be versus where he was drafted and stuff like that. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily turned out the way people thought it was going to turn out with him. Mm-hmm. And he had some moments earlier in the season, but I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I agree. So, so I could definitely see that being the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I, you know, Spechnikov's obviously getting protected. Oh, right? of I think, I think, guys. I think Marty Natchez is obviously getting protected. Um, Tavo, Aho, those mm-hmm. types of guys. Um, but like Anino, um, I mean, what about a Trocheck? Well, Trocheck will be a free agent, right? No, he's still uh, got some term left. He's okay. He's got one one more season. No, I think he's uh, probably got like more like three after this season because he still had a decent amount of uh, time left on his contract from Florida. Okay. Okay. Same with uh, Brady. I think they like Brady. Oh yeah, they I like do too. Brady. Yeah. Yeah. I think they like him. Um, so. Bean seems like a prime prime candidate, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I've said the exact same thing. He was a Ron Francis guy. Ron Francis knows him. I remember seeing the post on socials earlier in the season when Ron Francis was in Raleigh at a game. You know he was going to be looking at Jake Bean. And I've thought um, as well, coming from the Anaheim side of things now, should they not protect Hayden Fleury? Him also being a Ron Francis guy, I could see him getting picked up there as well, depending mm-hmm. on what Anaheim does there. I don't know how they're viewing him out there. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten, a, he's gotten a ton of time, but they're a terrible team, or he was getting a ton of time. Yeah. That'd but be more of a question for our locked on Ducks host. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there's only one place we here at the Locked On Podcast Network trust to do our online sports betting, and that is, of course, betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the Nets pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on these sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
And Alex, she asked, which Hurricanes prospect, prospects, excuse me, if any, have a shot at making the roster next season? I think there's, depending on how the offseason goes, I mean, I think Seth Jarvis has a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Ryan Suzuki. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they view him now with the wasn't, eye injury and all that stuff. Wasn't Suzuki on the taxi squad? Yeah. yeah. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. At, I, I imagine he still is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he's got the uh, he's got the eye thing that he had to deal with mm-hmm. at the beginning of like last season or something like that. Yeah, I know he's come back. He played for the Canadian junior team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Jarvis has a good chance. Oh yeah, I, know. I mean that guy was tearing it up in uh, in the AHL. I think when he got sent back to um, sent back to juniors, he was uh, he was leading the AHL in points. He was. Um, he was so. So that that's probably my best guess. Yeah, I know our uh, locked on LA Kings host uh, Sarah Avampato. She also writes for Kane's Country because she lives in Chicago. She covers mm-hmm. the Wolves for them, and she absolutely loves Seth Jarvis. She thinks he's going to be an amazing player. Um, yeah. She loved covering him this season. I definitely agree. I could definitely see him being up here next year for sure. Um, Suzuki will definitely be an interesting one as well. I know he also played on the Wolves this season um, mm-hmm. for a little bit because he was one of those that was granted uh, special whatever. <laughs> whatever right. you call it. Um, now, looking at your time with 99.9, um, I believe you started there in 2015, correct? Yeah. Um, and took over um, doing the Stormwatch and Aftermath in 2017, if I'm correct. Yes, seventeen, eighteen. This is my fourth season. Yeah, so seventeen, uh, so, eighteen. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you've obviously, you know, were there kind of the tail end of some dark times for the Hurricanes, and then the rise of the Hurricanes we see uh-huh. before us right now that we're talking about. What have been some of your favorite memories of just covering this team over these past four years? Um, I mean, I, I've always thought it was really cool to cover Rod Brindamore just because I mean I remember as a kid I mean, my my dad's from Philadelphia so we were Flyer fans growing up and my brother and I you know we used to watch him play and you know we were big like Lindros, John LeClaire, Brindamore fans growing up so like I've tried to keep that as much in check as I possibly can mm-hmm. um, so it's been a little bit surreal just being able to cover him but he's such an easy guy to cover and he's so down to earth um, that it's been cool seeing him just have the success that he has and just his outlook on everything, which feels so simple um, yet so effective, you know, where I think so many people just overcomplicate things so much. And, you know, I'm a type of person that I'm pretty, I'm a pretty like literal linear mm-hmm. black and white person where I don't really get caught up too much in like one of my, one of my things that I have on all the time are just these like nebulous um, sports thoughts that are, you know, sports analysis that we have no real way of proving, but have become just part of sports lexicon that we have just sort of glommed onto over time. And 
you know, we take it as gospel, even though we can't really define what any of it really means. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rod Brindamore has proved so many of my stuff correct, mm-hmm. you know, because, and, and like, to some extent, I understand it because as media, we're trying to find angles all the time. We're trying to, you know, trying to do different things and, you know, say different things and figure out, you know, what matters and what doesn't matter. And, you know, whenever we get into certain things, um, Rod has like consistently sort of just poo-pooed all that stuff because he's yeah. just so he's just so like straightforward. He's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care about that. Um, so covering him has been cool. Covering Bill Peters was interesting because I covered him his last season here, mm-hmm. and that 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 had its like its moments where it was just times when you would just feel he would make you laugh after a while just because of the way he was just so controlling mm-hmm. all the time. And so whenever he would do certain things, like he would, it would just crack me up in the end. Like I remember one time it was like a Sunday afternoon game and they always have before the game, they have like media availability uh, right outside the locker room for the coach because on usually on days like that they don't have a morning skate a lot of times because it's usually like a you know there's a lot of times like a five o'clock starter you know it could be an early starter maybe they played the night before and so they never have a morning skate on those days so anytime they don't have a morning skate they just make the coach available outside the locker room like a couple hours before the game so it's like me chip alexander Kirk Dusterberg from NHL.com one time and we're out there going through the, just the regular pregame stuff, you know, any lineup changes, blah, blah, blah. And someone said, who's, who's going to start a net? And Bill was like, one of them's going to start and one of them's going to be the backup. And, (laughs) you know, in my head, I'm going, Jesus, this guy, right. (laughs) <laughs> and he, and so we like you know the, the the thing ends he turns around he starts walking back to the locker room and we've all got our you know recorders and stuff like that up and he just turns around and he goes Wardo's starting and he walks in the he walks in the room <laughs> and it was just like one of those moments where it was like you're such a you're such a bag I don't know what I can say on this podcast but yeah um, yeah um it was just one of those things where like I just I look back on it and chuckle, just because that was that was the way Bill was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, man, I mean, listen, you couldn't have written a better script for when this team got into the playoffs a couple of years ago with the you know Peter Morazic, mm-hmm. the the we're in we're in and the bunch of jerks and all that stuff that they just rode that wave and that momentum into the playoffs. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and obviously it's getting rescheduled at some point, but how much are you looking forward to covering the stadium series game whenever that does happen? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it'll be a one, you know, the way I look at it, it'll be once in a lifetime type situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think it'll be cool. I've all events were cool. Um, I mean, they're more of a party, I think than anything else. I, I don't really, I don't really, see how there's like great viewing at these things or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it'll be great for the, 
for the city and you know it'll be great for us here to be on that kind of a display and um, hopefully we get decent weather that's really the only thing i hope for yeah don't be rainy don't be rainy yeah i like i'd rather it be super cold and snowing um than raining that's oh. all i ask don't rain <laughs> yeah i i agree there uh, i cannot wait for that game um i think it's going to be great um but where can the listeners find you on social medias alec yeah i'm at alec campbell five on twitter i'm at alec campbell five on instagram and that's basically it i don't really i don't really use any other social media platform so look for me there um and then obviously you know you can listen 99.9 the fan in raleigh uh noon to three with adam gold he and i do a show every day and then We've got Stormwatch and Aftermath. And Stormwatch, by the way, is an hour long. So an hour mm-hmm. before each game, we're on the air. Um, and then basically, I mean, the last couple of nights, I feel like I've done like 90 minutes post-game show. So we're, on, we're, we're out there, man. Yeah, I would say with the Adam Gold show, um, back when I was doing my business-to-business uh, sales stuff between uh, the old Sports Channel 8 show you guys, the OG, I listen to you guys all the time. It definitely make those rides a bit easier. So thank you for all the work you do, uh, Alec. I know a lot of people enjoy listening, including myself. So you guys go follow Alec on all the social medias. And thank you for coming on, Alec. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Uh-huh. And thank you for tuning into that special interview with Alec Campbell from ESPN Radio, 99.9 The Fan, host of the... Carolina Hurricanes pre- and post-game shows, producer on the Adam Gold Show. Loved having him on. Definitely one of the biggest guests I've had on so far. So yay. (laughs) Uh, But as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, on Facebook at Locked on Hurricanes Podcast, and you can find myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Same on Locker Room, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace.